Hello, you. Yes, you. Adventurer. I'm so lucky that you traveled to our podcast. I have a quest for you. There's no way I could do it myself. I need you to go back to where you came, back to the streaming platform you're listening to us on, and give a review. Doesn't have to be a good one. Just share your feedback. What do you think? Do you think that's a good quest? I think that is a noble and valiant quest. And if you don't go on this quest, we'll find you. We will end you. Your quest line will end. It'll be over. You'll be living in a doomed world like in Morrowind if you kill a main character. But you're the main character this time. You go raid us. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome back to Below Average Gaming. Uh, I'm Michael. I'm here with Josh. Uh, how's your day going today? Uh, this is my second Black Cherry Rockstar this morning. I got my new Whitechapel gear in that came in the mail. And I'm doing all right, okay. you know? Just for reference, for people mm -hmm. listening, you listen on your own time. It might be like five in the afternoon, in the evening for you. It might be noon. It's 10 a.m. Just for reference here. <laughs> I've only had two coffees and two energy drinks, okay? I'm fine. Hey, this is better than the 10 a.m. beers for the podcast, okay? I, I am trying to be better. I'm just trying to kill a different part of my body rather than my liver. I'm just trying to tell my heart that it can just give out now. <laughs> just give up. It's okay. Like American democracy, just go out in the middle of the night. It's okay. You can give up now, heart. Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about questing. But before we get into that, what have you been up to, Josh? Well, you see, I've set up my Switch for Breath of the Wild. For some video for that. I'm excited about that. We've been playing Minecraft on this SevTech mod. And that's been like really great. I've decided that I actually like Minecraft now. Because it turns out when you turn into a really, 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 really long convoluted RPG with summoning circles for Buffalo, I'm kind of in. And you know, just the same old thing, just working a ton, probably too much. Oh well, sue me. What about you? What is tradition? To? Oh yeah. Ah, just normal stuff. We started playing Minecraft. I'm like constantly in the cycle of trying to convince someone to play Minecraft with me and then having people say no. And then eventually I get like the stint where someone plays. So we're in that right now. It's great. Yeah, I've been enjoying it. You know, I think modded Minecraft is the way for me to play it. Otherwise, Minecraft has that problem of no quests. See that transition there? there the yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. <laughs> the, the lack of quests in Minecraft actually is something that put me off of it. I like like being told that I have something to go do when I play games. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think I think this is actually somewhere that we differ a little bit because I, I like the like RPG style games mm. and I enjoy like having a quest and having a goal and stuff like that. But I also really like the games that just tell me, hey, do whatever you want. Like I've played way too much, even like base, like vanilla Minecraft, nothing added on, no additions, just hang out and do stuff. I've done way too much of. And like things like Stardew and Harvest Moon and Animal Crossing, kind of these like more open-ended games. That being said, a lot of them you kind of like put a goal in for yourself to kind of like keep it that way. But it is a little bit different. Whereas you tend to a lot more towards like games that have more like the goals and linear stuff to do on them. Yeah, and I think with Breath of the Wild is a good example of this is a game where they didn't give me enough of a goal at the beginning and it threw me off because I expected like a very big push in a direction 
and me being my dumbass, like walked by the tutorial the first time I played the game. Because like I just obviously wasn't paying attention, but I'm going to go back into it more with an open mind of walking around, you know, looking at the environment as my quests. And I think that's what the game wants you to do is it wants you to see something off in the distance and be like, that's my quest now, which I didn't like conceptualize that well enough, because even with Skyrim and Oblivion, they don't do that. Because, like, you literally can't even see that far in those games Mm -hmm. where Zelda's view distance is what gives it its quest line, which I'm appreciating a little bit more now, especially playing on PC more. I've drawn up the draw distance a lot more in games so I can see further. It's made me enjoy games a little bit more. And I don't know. Going in with a better mindset with Zelda, I think I'm going to enjoy it a lot more. And plus, I'm just going to, like, have some fun with it, poke fun at myself for a little bit for being so bad at that game. Some absolute garbage at games that have a parry mechanic, and I don't know why. Yeah, I think I think Breath of the Wild is a pretty good example, uh, just because it's a game that doesn't really have that much of a quest. Like, because you have, there, there's a whole bunch of side quests that you come across, but none of them are, like, super massive or super, like, spelled out for you. And mm-hmm. a lot more of the game is just about, like, experiencing the world and just like going into that game to exist and then one of the things that comes up in that game is the did you encounter the memories at all when you played the the first time i don't think so so once you go through the beginning of the game you get to this point where you start unlocking these photos that are memories and they're literally just still images oh yeah yeah, and they relate back to specific locations yeah, I did and some of that, those. That concept, I think, really embodies what that game's trying to be. Because mm. it doesn't want to be, uh, you have this quest to do this. It's very much it wants you to explore and experience the world. Which is where you have to go into that game and be in the mindset of you're exploring and you see a massive tower in the distance and be like, hell yeah, I want to go to that. Yeah, and I think even playing Death Stranding now is was kind of a, a transition point to get me more into Breath of the Wild. Because this stranding doesn't go that far, but it's still, there's a lot of, you need to deliver this package over this mountain. How are you going to get over the mountain? And the game never tells you. It's just like, go here to here. How are you going to do it? And I think that kind of is going to get me more in the mood to do Breath of the Wild now. Starting fresh will be really fun. Or something like Death Stranding is more A to B quests and like side quests. And due to the fact that that game a lot more about connecting people it made a lot of the side quests feel important even though they're not the main story but also a weird thing about questioning in games in general for me is urgency we're like in death stranding what's going on feels really really important and it makes me want to go do the main quest but i know doing the side quest is probably correct and it's just a it's a weird push and pull that I find in games with questing. And I wanted to bring this concept up to you of like the main quest versus side quests. Mm-hmm. And like when the main quest feels so urgent that it makes you not want to do side quests. Which might not be a thing that you've seen a ton in games, but there are a few games being a recent example of Final Fantasy VII Remake. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> that, I really like the way that they did side quests in that game where like you go to a town and they're like, hey, we need to hold out here for a minute. Maybe help some people while you're here. I think that's a cool idea for a linear game to put side questing in it. 
But the problem is that when Aerith goes missing that game, spoiler alert for a game from the 90s, you know, it's just when she's gone, it makes you want to go do the main quest. And I actually didn't like side questing there because I felt like she was in trouble and I wanted to go help, you know, and it said kudos to the game for drawing me in and making me care about a character. But at the same time, it makes the side quests feel less important. Yeah, and that's the thing where when you have an open world game, you have this luxury where you can design side quests and the player gets to choose when to do them. Mm -hmm. And then with a game like Final Fantasy, with the way Final Fantasy VII, the remake was done, is they decided where the side quests went. And I felt like the first set of side quests didn't feel that out of place mm -hmm. because... The first set, or not the first set. The first set, yeah, didn't feel that out of place. Even the second set was okay when you first got to Night Market. Yeah. But that third set just feels so wrong in the context of the game. Yeah, I, I and that's kind of, like that, it. that's that issue where you have to design a side quest that's compelling enough for me to want to do it, as well as have a situation where I'm compelled to do it over the main story. And for some games, that's just after the game, which is kind of unfortunate. Hmm. I think that that's usually bad side quest design. But in something like Final Fantasy, I had no interest in doing that third batch of side quests. Neither did I. I did it. Like, I did it to experience them and so that I had more, like, a full experience of the game and I didn't miss anything. But they felt bad to do. Because they all felt really dumb and unimportant. Yeah. And there was something massive that was going on that felt like it should be the priority. Whereas to flip that, another game, another game that I think did a lot better job of this is Horizon. Where Horizon, you're traveling through, and while the main story is important and it's really interesting, until you get like right to the like last couple hours of that game, there's a whole bunch of side quests that you just can get invested into. And a whole mm. bunch of things to do on the side. And I don't even necessarily just mean quest. Even things like the proving grounds and stuff like that are really cool. And the game made them compelling enough that I wanted to do them over the main quest line. And that's the thing. You can't, in my eyes, the like couple bad things you can do are when your side quests just aren't interesting. So there is a side quest that you literally have no interest in. So you don't do it until after the game. And even then you only do it if you want like a platinum or on a hundred percent on it. Right. Yeah. Or the other one that's really bad is when you have a situation where you are forced to do a side quest in some way, because then you can force a, a player who's enjoying your base game into a side quest. And that's what I felt like final fantasy did. Yeah. Because it's obviously correct to do side quests in that game to get more items, get more gear, to make the main quest easier. Mm -hmm. Which it's interesting when games have side quests that affect the main game that aren't immediately obvious sometimes, too. Um, a big one is stuff like Dragon Age and Horizon both did this with allies. The in the end game of Horizon is slightly different based on how many people you actually made friends with on the way there. Dragon Age like rewrites the story based on some side quests, like the main game story is completely different depending on where you go. And I'm not going to get into it too much because I know we're planning on playing Dragon Age at some point, but there's like a main character that like the fate of that character changes for all the games based on a side quest that you can do. And it's completely optional. The game doesn't make it obvious. Mm -hmm. And there's even like 
some bit smaller things like optional characters in games is being side quests. Like Vincent in Final Fantasy VII, the original, is like a very, very beloved character. He's actually technically not even in the main game. He's a complete side quest. You have to go find him somewhere in order to get him. Same thing with Final Fantasy Tactics has like Cloud and Beowulf as side characters in the game that are super hidden, but they do affect how the game plays out a lot. There's even sometimes like characters will show up in games like that that they show up in the story then, and they're part of cutscenes where they wouldn't have been if you didn't go find them. And I find that kind of interesting. Yeah, I have fairly minimal experience with like JRPGs and stuff like that. The ones that I've played, I love, but I just haven't experienced a ton of them. And like, mm-hmm. as we said with tactics games, my main experience is XCOM. But the side quests have to be meaningful, right? And that's where as much as I like to diss Skyrim a little bit, it does have some side quests that are impactful. Things like the Dark Brotherhood and that kind of stuff do have an impact or even like in all the Elder Scrolls games, things like the vampire storyline and that kind of stuff actually impact the game and feel meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, or for, for myself, a big example is Fable. I always found side quests in Fable extremely compelling to do because a lot of the times these side quests had multiple options. So you had things where you could do both sides because of the nature of the game, because you have this good and evil thing, as well as you had boasts. Boasts were so cool in Fable 1, where you could basically attach modifiers to your quest to make more money. Mm-hmm. Like, and because the whole world's very dynamic and your like appearance and alignment modifier and all that stuff affect how the world interacts with you, all of the quests feel meaningful. Mm-hmm. And some of them have less interesting stories, and some of them are kind of bleh in that sense. But they felt like they had an impact on the world. Yeah. Which gives you that com- uh, the compelling reason to do them. Yeah. Like, like you were saying with the, like, the Elder Scrolls series, Oblivion and Skyrim, like, they have master keys in it that you get from doing a side quest with the Thieves Guild. Like, you can get keys that unlock the chests in the game, and that's, like, a mm-hmm. major difference. There's even a lot of side quests when it comes to JRPGs that unlock ultimate weapons for characters like final fantasy 10 has an entire monster arena where you have to go around and capture one of every single monster in the game at least and it gives you optional bosses that unlock weapons like ultimate weapons for your character so it's like a very very big deal of a side quest and honestly it's way harder in the main game and it makes the end game of the main game a joke if you do it first yeah there's i'm gonna get you into more jrpgs i know we have final fantasy 15 purchased ready to go we need to beat that before the next final fantasy comes out so we can do it on release i just yeah jrpgs have such a wide range of how they feel and i feel like the final fantasy series is probably the one for you which is the way that the world is structured the free roaming nature of the other final fantasy games outside of seven remake i think will feel better uh, it's still disappointing the way remake was made that you can't wander around. I get it. Your game isn't anywhere near done and you just wanted to release something like it's fine. I understand. You know, we can we can all be cyberpunk in our own way, right? <laughs> Digs. <laughs> no, and this games that have side quests, but they're too bulky sometimes can also just be like a major detriment. I think of like The Witcher 3. 
So the whole reason I've ever beaten that game is because I did all the side quests in the first like one or two areas and was like, I have like 25 hours into this game and I just found out who like Yennefer is. Like what? Like how long is this, this game? And it's it sucks too because the game has such good side quests that it makes you want to do them. But the investment then goes up because if you want to do all the side quests and the main game, it's like, well, now you're looking at like 150 hours to 300 easy, not DLC. Yeah, that's kind of the issue where I feel like Witcher 3 for a lot of people is seen as the ultimate game for questing. Where the side quests are so good and actually just feel compelling and don't have a lot of the issues that you see in other games. And I think that's a big reason that people were really excited for Cyberpunk. And I think at least from what you've said, some of that transferred over to Cyberpunk. Mm -hmm. But it does have the issue of it makes Witcher 3 one of the biggest commitments you can make in gaming to play through. Yeah. Cyberpunk's definitely smaller when it comes to side quests. There's a lot less I've played so far, it's really obvious there's a lot less, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. And a lot of them are my more dynamic side quests, like you'll see in like like Spider-Man has the same thing in it, where like you'll come across a situation and something will be going on and you can choose to interact with it or leave. Um Grand Theft Auto also does that. Um Red Dead Redemption's done this too, where it's just like, oh my god, the cops are in a shootout with somebody. Do you want to help? And it's just a lot of those quests are pretty small in cyberpunk which is nice whereas witcher 3 just everything is a quest it's not mm-hmm. like a short diversion it's just like yeah this this these people were attacked by a witch in the well and you're just like okay and then you're like you go off <laughs> and you're like oh wait a minute like i don't know how to fight a witch in a well and then it starts attacking you and you're like crap and you're like open your inventory and you're like do i have a book about this and you have to like read the lore and <laughs> yep, be like yep. wait wait what sword do i use <laughs> it's just i really I liked mean, about to that be about fair, the witcher, though that, that like, as someone who, again, has played through the first little bit of that game and hasn't finished it, that made that game feel incredible. Oh, yeah. And makes me want to play it. It's just, it is so much time, especially for people like us. We like flipping around and playing a little bit of everything. I have a very hard time playing just one game. Even when we're playing a ton of League or something like that, I'm still, like, filling the time with other stuff, which is where sitting down and playing one game... It's a big commitment when it's like a serious game like that. That's very heavy. I want to say, if that makes sense. Yeah, it is. heavy. I mean, this if you think about it, you know, it's not just like. You're just sitting down and casually playing something like the Witcher wants you to get better at it. So when you start playing it, you really want to keep playing it. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to lose where you are. Like, that's the hard thing about going back and forth between games, especially when you're going to RPGs is like. You can get lost super easy. Oh, yeah. Forget what you were doing. You could forget what skills you were using together. It's a big problem when it comes to like the Soulsborne series of games. Popping in and out is kind of bad because the game's about getting good. And this, I imagine with Breath of the Wild, like when I start playing it, like I should probably just start playing it all the way through because forgetting what I was doing in that game, I'm sure is going to trip me up. Or something simple like like Pokemon that I I play occasionally. Like I just go in there, it's like pop shield up, catch a couple of Pokemon, beat a gym, leave. Like that game's that game is just being consumed in like like very very small little portions for me. But it's been great though, and the quest doesn't feel urgent in that game. Just like chill. I'm just catching some Pokemon, man. 
all this medieval tapestry junk going on. I'm like, that's nice. I I, I want to write you. Where's my write you? No, it's just it is interesting because questing has such good things to it and such bad things to it at the same time. Right? There's just like Apocalypse Games is a big one that I was thinking about that I hate side quests in Apocalypse Games. Because if you're going to make this grandiose thing happening, like the world is ending or like this ancient evil is going to be reborn. You make me not want to do your side quest because I want to go stop the thing. Like even in like Fallout, like uh, Fallout 3, when you're supposed to go find your uh, dad or in like Fallout 4, where like all this, your son's missing. Why do I want to go help like granny across the road, go find ingredients for apple pie when your son is missing. Why do I want to put in all this time committing to building a settlement? Yeah. Why helping am I a this settlement? person, helping that person. Yeah. Like, yeah, your son's gone. Like, to be fair, I took a chainsaw <laughs> to my son's face at the end of that game because he was an evil piece of shit. But still, just the idea of, like, making that difficult to want to explore your world because you've made me have a sense of urgency to go to your quest. And it's just like... Fallout has like the biggest problem with that, that they constantly release games where they make you want to go do the main quest. Or they just don't want to make you want to play the game at all because it's just convoluted <laughs> for. <clears throat> I think as someone who the Fallout games have never really interested me, but I get the issue you have there. I feel like with these games, you have to strike a balance between having downtime where you want to do other stuff and having the urgent portions of the story where it feels important. Cause there's a lot of games that sit solely on one or the other. Um, as I said, like horizons really good for that. It has sections where it feels like there's downtime and you do side quests. And then when you like start to reach some areas, you're just like, I want to just power through the main story. I want to know what's happening. God of war. I kind of view the same way. Where, like, for a lot of God of War, you kind of want to, like, get to where you're going. But there, there's a couple times where you're like, all right, I'm kind of chillaxed. And mm. God of War also dodges the... Because I find with God of War, I want to rush through that game. Because the story is just so good. Mm. But because the story, it, story in quotations, continues after you finish the final section, it kind of dodges that issue. Because it doesn't feel like the game's over when you go back to do all that side stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's the thing I really liked about God of War is that it kept dripping in content while you're doing the side quests at the end. It made it way more interesting to go do them. I'm only missing a couple things to get that platinum, and I should really go back and finish it. I know games games that let you finish the side quests after the story feel really nice, because then you don't feel obligated to have to go do all them right away. Which, to be honest, like, that sucked when I played Horizon that the game just ends. And I played it before New Game Plus mode came out. So now I have to go finish the game in order to restart on New Game Plus mode. And, like, the last act is, like, five hours. And it's a bit of a slog there. Yeah, I think... I think it's interesting because I think being able to complete games after you, like, finish... After you roll credits, after you complete, like, the main section is a benefit to good games and a punishment to bad games. When a game is really good and you just like playing it, it's fine. When a game is a little bit of a slog, like not that the game's bad, but it's a little bit of a slog, it 
is so hard to go back and do side quests once the game's done. No. So, I mean, honestly, you just probably shouldn't do side quests. But just for, like, the sake of argument, I think it's really interesting there because those games, if you have a downtime in the story where I want to go do a side quest, I'm probably more likely to do your side quests than if I'm expected to do them after the game ends. Mm -hmm. Like, I've seen it before, like, as a mechanic in games where it's just like, hey... We're, this happens in like a week or hey we need to wait time while we build up our forces so why don't you go do something like i like that or the game's literally like go away sir and it, dragon age does a good job of that when there's a lot of urgent stuff going on and then there's a break where it says hey we need to prepare for this thing that's happening and part of preparing is going to do side quests and they definitely like imply that we're like we should go see if we can find allies or get more resources. And the games really urges you to build up your forces and your experience to go do the main quest. And it's not like the world is ending and we have to go now. It's like it's like in a game. There's like some big giant calamity. There's like a dragon over circling you and there's fire everywhere. And you have a hundred side quests on your map. It's like, well, you kind of maybe want to go deal with the dragon. <laughs> Can I go fight the dragon now? I don't think I should be going over here and fighting rats in a sewer to go like get XP when there's the dragon over there. And that's one thing that I think Horizon does it, right? Where you're locked into the final quest. Mm -hmm. I like that. I don't like games that let me start the final quest and then in the middle of it, I can turn around and go do something else. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you're going to make me do it, go do it. And I enjoy, I appreciate the warning. Whoever did the first warning that your quest is going to like end when you go over here, it's been really nice. And it's kind of cool. I never thought about this before, but Final Fantasy VII had two points where they told you to finish up what you're doing and then leave. It's just because the side quest wouldn't be available. It's not because the game was ending. I don't know if I've really seen that before when it came to like a quest line in a game where they warn you about a point of no return, but it's not actually the end of the game. Um, Fable the Lost Chapters does that. Oh, okay. Because Fable, like the Lost Chapters, so the one that has the DLC at the end, um, all of your pre-Jack quests, so before you fight Jack for the first time, you can't do them after you've started the quest line with him the last little section of it. So it actually warns you. I think it's the Guildmaster just actually says to you, he's like, are you sure you're ready? Once you start this, you can't go do anything else until it's completed. Interesting. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I actually think it, it does something where it makes you feel like the world actually kind of exists. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have a game that you start this and then there's like, for, to use your example, like a big dragon circling overhead and then you turn and walk away and go do whatever else and you come back in 50 hours and the dragon's still there. It makes the world feel dead. Yeah. If that makes sense. It does. And that's the thing too. Like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons and you're told that, it's the DM pushing you to go do it. And it's the same the game designers are pushing you to go do something, but yet they put all these side quests in there. So there's a push and pull to where like you want to go do the side quest, but you want to go deal with the urgent thing. Yeah, and if you have a good DM and you turn around to go do something else, you're getting penalized for that. That yeah. dragon is raising a city to the ground. And I think that's something that would be really cool if we did that in games. 
where there's just like, hey, or even just like a thing pops up. Hey, you got time for two quests or like, hey, if you go do side quests, there's going to be consequences for you leaving. That would be really cool. I think there's a place in game design, especially with quests and keeping storylines going. That would be really interesting. Just just like you can leave. We don't recommend you leaving. No, that would be really cool. I would actually I would love more games to have time based things like that. Mm. Where like you get to a city and they're like they're prepping for an attack and they say the attacks is going to reach in two days. And so you have two days of in-game time where you can go and leave and do whatever. But if you don't come back, the city actually just gets attacked and is like sacked and it's a punishment. Yeah. Like I want more stuff like that. And it's very, it's very unfriendly to players. So I understand why that doesn't happen a lot. I do get it. And I get that there's a lot of people who'd be turned off by that, but stuff like that, that actually just makes your world kind of feel like it's actually existing and like has stuff going on is really cool yeah that's why i think too like the dragon age series might be a big one for you or it's just checking on something um there there are points in dragon age i just double check that because it's been a little while where you have a time limit to do something and it actually punishes you and you don't restart it just is what it is like you mm-hmm. already screwed up big deal and there are certain things like minor spoiler alert there's like complete sections of the map that needed eradicated. That just don't come back. Even in like the second Dragon Age, be like, oh, that person's like dead, dude. They died in the other game. And then your buddy will be playing it and be like, what are you talking about? I did this whole quest line in it. And I think Dragon Age has the best quest line with the consistent series like that that I've seen in a very, very long time. And I want something like Skyrim that's big and open like that that follows the same kind of thing where like an older mm-hmm. scroll series that like literally was like you start here and the next game starts where you picked off just like Dragon Age does because it makes your quest feel really meaningful when they change the world like with Dragon Age when like people are gone and then the next game the guy who didn't make king is a drunkard in a bar and in the third game where you're like where are all the elves well Josh killed all the elves sorry <laughs> Yeah, I really like stuff like that. And I know we've talked about it a little bit, but it's kind of off the topic of like quests because it's off of an RPG a lot. But in XCOM, uh, XCOM 2, there's a mod for it called Long War. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite things about Long War is it takes the mechanic from original XCOM where you would have these like periodic uh, Black Ops events show up. Because in the original XCOM 2, you get these Black Ops events that show up and you click, okay, I'm going to go on this mission. You select your six units and you go on the mission. And in the base game, only one of these shows up at a time. So your choice is just like do it or don't. And I mean, not doing it is really dumb, but so it's pretty much, hey, do this. And then there's no like decision or anything around it. There's consequences for not doing it, which I really like. But Long War specifically, when you get into the Long War campaign, it hits the points where you start having like three to five to even like six or seven of these missions on the map. And you don't just get to start missions. You have to Mm -hmm. launch a mission and you have to select your squad that's going and they have to infiltrate the location. And the longer you spend infiltrating the like more upsides you get in the mission, like you can decrease how many enemies are there because you don't set off alarms, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And the game actually just gives you more than you can do. 
That's really cool. Which is one of my favorite things ever because you're sitting in a situation where sometimes you have to choose to not do them. And you have to like make sure you're managing your teams correctly to have the right number of people on each mission. And then some of the missions, when you're getting really deep into the game, you have to realize that your goal is just send one guy in and try to extract your VIP as quickly as possible and not killing things. That's really cool. And like, that's so cool to me. I love that. And I wish that we saw that concept break out more into more of these traditional RPGs and things like that. Imagine something like Skyrim, where you hit a point where there's just like, hey, these two things are happening. You have to go deal with one of them and the other one's just screwed. Yeah. More more world-changing decisions and life-changing decisions and like actual decision points in games. A lot of quests, option A or B lead to like a neutral C result. There isn't like a lot of big game-changing decisions and you see... Bioware do a very, very good job of implementing that in their games, but not many other people. I rarely ever see a game where what I do actually matters because both decisions kind of lead to down the same road at the end. Or with Mass Effect and Dragon Age, they definitely have quests that to change everything. Yeah, it's just I feel like there's a lot of room for innovation, but there's a lot of, I understand, easy work to be done to make games longer if you have more simple quests. But I almost feel like if you had a game that had more more meat to each individual quest, it's more interesting than just having a thousand individual ones. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. For sure. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is there any particular game you think that just really nailed the concept of like having interesting questing in it? I mean, I think Witcher is a big one. But as I said, neither of us have really played a ton of it. I really like Fable, Fable's questing. Yeah. And I like it through all three. The first is definitely the best, but all three of them are pretty good. Even, I feel like God of War did a pretty good job. Yeah, it's like, it's not bad. It's a lot of collectibles. There are still some like legit, like good questing in it. Honestly, the, I think the my least favorite part of that game is the... Uh, was it like the Dark Elves, the big temple you go into that has darkness in it? Elfheim? Like that? That was like my least favorite part of the game, but it's still like good. I think the issue with that section is it felt like it should have just been an area that was a little bit more open and had side quests in it. Yeah. That, that's kind of what I felt bit. about Alfheim. But I feel like a lot of the stuff was good. And I, one thing I like is when a game kind of forces you to get involved in the game versus just giving you a marker on your map. Yeah. Whereas when when you're going into some of the stuff in God of War, there will be things where, like, you actually have to read a section and, like, actually, like, piece together clues to figure out where to go. And I really like that versus a game like Skyrim, where for basically every objective you have, you just click a button and then it tells you where to go. Yeah. Yeah, for me, with a lot of good questing is mixed in to games, I think, that don't have a lot of good ones. So Oblivion and Skyrim, I think, have some really good side quests mixed in with some that are just so boring and uninteresting. Like the Dark Brotherhood is still one of my favorite things in RPGs full stop. 
especially when like you get to the end of them and there's like a big twist in both games where the Dark Brotherhood goes. And you get something like the Thieves Guild, which is just like really boring because stealth in those games is kind of broken. Like, if you just build a stealth archer in either of those games, you just one-shot everything eventually, and then the Thieves Guild just accelerates your move towards that. The The Mages Guild in Skyrim was so disappointing when it could have been so good. I got pissed when I, like, I just lied my way in there and then went and did it, and it was like, I'm not even a mage, and I'm, like, doing all of this. Can you make me actually be good at being a mage to beat the... The Mage Guild, please. And then there's like Death Stranding is a big one. Have some quests that are side quests that are like really emotional. And like the main quest also just has a lot of stakes and emotion to it, which I really appreciated. Actually feeling like things were changing and maybe you were doing something good. And like a really dour place. And even just like even just like the kind of the goal and quest of walking from one area to another and just seeing somebody in person that isn't a hologram in that game made every single time you connect somebody feel really good. And I really like the questing in that game a lot, especially because a lot of it was just like a walking puzzle. But when walking's really freaking hard, walking puzzles are great. And that game is literally just fetch quests. And somehow they made fetch quests really, 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 really fun. Or it's just like, Here's this really heavy package. Oh, you can't pick this up properly. Or, hey, there's like an hourglass you have to deliver and it's fragile. And we mean it. It's not like a game where you just like carry this important package and you just get biffed in the face by a dragon and you go flying. And it's like the package is fine. It does stranding. If you fall over with an hourglass, you break it. Go back. Go get another one. You fail. And I really like that about that. It made the... The fetch questing, which is usually awful in games, actually be interesting. Although we all know that all quests are secretly fetch quests underneath. I mean, you can kind of boil down all quests to fetch quests. That is true. Except Shooty McFace in Borderlands. That's that's just good times. Borderlands is actually a game that's really hard for me. Because I feel like every Borderlands game has like 95% is just like this samey gameplay that has nothing interesting to it for its side quests. And it's just like, if you're someone who wants to shoot things in Borderlands, it's great, but there's nothing more to it. And then you have these 5% like side quests that are like interesting and well-written and actually like feel like they have something. Like uh, the D&D quest in Borderlands 2. Yeah. Like the DLC. That was That section's great. I think that section's really good. But the entire rest of that game, all of the side quests are do the same thing you do everywhere else, but here. Yeah. And just that's so hard. And this is something that actually came up to me. Is there a shooter that has good quests? A shooter, Does it exist? Shooter that has good quests. Because like I, I think Borderlands are like pretty much garbage. The D&D one is only good because it's got, like, some funny quips and, like, the mm-hmm. the area is good. But it's not that the quest is good, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And even something like Destiny. I loved playing Destiny 2. But the quests were just, again, do the same thing that you've done in a different place. And, like, wasn't super interesting or anything like that. And, like, I'm not saying there are shooters with interesting stories. But I feel like that's different from good questing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, Borderlands. I have a special section in here just for you that I wrote down. Borderlands should lean heavier into their cringy goofiness, in my opinion. Their boring quests are real boring because it's just like bullet sponginess. But their goofiness is, I think, really fun. Like everything with the Firehawk and two, where all these like cultist people are worshiping the Firehawk, and then you find out who it actually is and shooting McFace. Where, like, he literally just wants you to shoot him in the face. You shoot him in the face and the quest is over. Like, stuff like that's funny. And I really like it. And then you put a bunch of quests in there that are, like, go get an item and bring it back. And you're like, neat. Go kill this bandit. Go kill that bandit. Go kill this other bandit. (laughs) Yeah, it was like the bounties. The bounties in 3 were, like, super uninteresting. And I only did them to get stuff. But on the other hand, collecting hats for Claptrap, I found funny. Because he has like a little comment about it. It's still a fetch quest, but it, then you you literally change the way he looks for the rest of the game, and you can make him look like an idiot if you want, which I'm sure you're a big fan of because you hate Claptrap. Claptrap is great. Don't even. And it's just one of those things where it's like you have this really cool thing, and then you you bulk it down with all these really weaker side quests. And it's just unfortunate. A lot of games just feel too bulky. It's like, I think we can probably shave like 20 minutes off of all these hundred, I mean, 20 hours off of all these hundred hour gains and make them 80 or a turn 80s down to 60s. And it's compress it a bit. Even though like Final Fantasy VII Remake was compressed and still had some side quests towards the end of that game with the last section where I'm just like, why am I doing this? I don't care. Yay. I'm going back to the same area for the ninth time now. And it's just, it was padding. We're like, Witcher 3 never feels like padding from what I've mm-hmm. played of it. And like Dragon Age never felt like it was padded. But then you get things like Skyrim, Oblivion that just feel padded. Final Fantasy VII Remake feels padded. And Borderlands is just it's an action game with boring side quests and it doesn't help it at all. And no, I can't really think of many shooters that have like a good questing system to them. Yeah. I can't think of actually a single one. Yeah, I was just curious. As I said, like, I didn't think I knew one. I was just curious. Yeah, I think, like, it's literally Borderlands is the best one, and that's ouch. (laughs) That, yeah, that's not very good. Yeah, it's also... I feel like side quests have to do something to, like, contribute to your world building, in my eyes. Hmm. I feel like that's what a good side quest does, and a lot of the... Even in something like God of War, where you have the side quest where you go around and talk to all the dead, like, sailors and pirates. Yeah. That quest was really cool. It gives you, like, a lot of story stuff to it, and it's got, like, some bulk to it there. Um, I played I played Classic WoW at the start of this year, and 95% of everything in Classic is, like, bulk. It's really bad. And then there's, like, for, for me... Uh, when you go to do the raids, the raids have attunement quests. So you have to, like, do a quest to get access to the raid. Okay. Interesting. Which I actually I actually think is really cool. I think it, like, adds something to the experience and the, the world feeling alive, if that makes sense. Like, to go fight Anixia, you have to go kill these other three dragons that are all, like, in-world bosses. So you have to get a group of people together. And then make an amulet that protects you. And like just stuff like that. And again, 
I'm not not advocating for questing in WoW. It's really bad. Most of it's really bad. <laughs> Don't like, but like literally, there's a quest section that going through that game, like you encounter it in like your late 30s, and literally you get to this town, and this person's like, okay, go talk to this person. So you walk across this town, go talk to this person. That person's like, go back and talk to the other guy. And you literally walk between these two guys like five times. And that's literally the quest. You walk back and forth relaying messages because I guess these guys can't walk 10 feet and talk to each other. That's fantastic. But there's a couple things just where you have these quests that add something to the world. That make the game feel alive. And that's really what I'm looking for in my side quest. Yeah. Which is why I think... Once we can get our uh, 3080s or 3090s graphics cards here, Death Stranding is going to be really cool for you. And I'm really excited about it because the side questing and the questing the game literally makes structures appear on the map. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, that's incredible. And, you know, my like micro spoiler here, micro, you've probably already heard about this. Like everyone's inside. Okay, so every, everyone's inside in the game, right? Mm -hmm. And I won't tell you who it is or why, but there's a point early-ish on in that game where you have to deliver a person. And it really adds a lot to, like, the world when you realize, yeah, like, this stuff's going on outside and people can't leave. And you have to deliver a person. <laughs> and that game is just, it's one of the best things in the world. Like, I cannot wait. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there uh, anything particularly you wanted to go over here? Not that I can think of. I think that's a lot of it. Yeah. I think that's, it's a good chunk, you know, quests are, quests are tricky. I imagine that from a game design aspect making something that isn't just a weird fetch quest, is probably really, really hard. And when someone, somebody does questing really well, like I appreciate it. And I appreciate it when people know they don't need it to have anything like deep to it. There's like a few circumstances where that's okay. Diablo three, <clears throat> uh, all the bounties and the acts don't matter for anything. Like who gives a shit? I just want to go like kill stuff and get items. And I kind of appreciate the fact that I could skip all the dialogue and nothing matters. The main question in that game doesn't matter, but who cares? Because like it's a loot grinding game and I don't need to have a reason to go do stuff. Yeah. Well, any any closing remarks, closing words, in case the world ends before we're uh, back on again? I mean, if the world ends before we're back on again, probably isn't the worst thing that could happen. If the world was ending, you'd come over, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. Well, for me, for Michael, this has been Below Average Gaming. I hope that maybe your quest was uh, was valiant. That you did your job, you went and subscribed, you rated us on your favorite podcasting service, you followed us on Twitter, and you just gave us that little bit of your time, because we give you so much of ours. Just 15 seconds. That's all we need is 15 seconds. Now, this is where we edit in Sarah McLaughlin music. You know, get Arms of the Angel going on here. We put sad puppies on the screen, and then you feel compelled, okay? This is the sad puppy moment. Go like and subscribe, please. Please?